Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of Two Years Away. We are here with the usual cast of characters, um, being myself and and everyone's good friend, Brett. Say hi, Brett. Hi, Brett. Hi, Steve. How are you? I am, I am, you know, doing very well, and you know why I'm doing very well? Um, because it's a nice day outside. Uh, no. I'm doing very well because the NBA playoffs have started. And, oh, that's right. Um, that's right. That whole thing. We all know that there is only another one. There, there's only one other time in the NBA season that's more exciting than the NBA playoffs, right? And this that is, is the NBA draft. Exactly. Um, which will follow the NBA playoffs at some point. We are already making the preparations necessary to uh, get all you guys informed about everything draft related. But. Today, we're going to talk about the playoffs um, because the field is set. Uh, all play-in tournaments have been completed, and uh, things are rocking and rolling uh, as far as the playoffs. So we're going to kind of take you through maybe some predictions, maybe some uh, insider info that you might not have heard um, in other places. But um, today is going to be all about the playoffs. However, before we get to the playoffs, uh, we're going to start off this show like we do every other show uh and talk about how we've been running the damn ball recently uh, so brett do you want to kick us off yes except i will not kick off i will run the ball um um no so i you know my, my semester recently came to an end so i'm done with school for for the summer which is really nice um and so i think the I, and steve is someone that recently finished school i think you, this might this might ring ring true with you as well um the when you like that moment when you you're done like your your last final's over and you can like either put away or throw away like the majority of your class materials for the summer for like you know for that for that semester and like they're just you don't have to think about them for a long time uh it just feels really nice and it's kind of a good good lean into like organizing your life post finals so it was it was good to just like i, I went i went to my parents house for finals um well i left all my books there like they're in my bookcase at home and it, it was just nice to kind of be able to forget about those materials so it was a good good springboard into like organizing my life oh congratulations uh, for those of you that don't know uh brett has completed year one of law school which means he is thus two years away from completing law school <laughs> so uh, everyone involved with the podcast is uh incredibly excited not just for him and what this means for his future but the fact that he's at this very specific point in his law school journey uh so uh Feel free to wish Brett a congratulations the next time you see him. Um, my one word of advice to you is I wouldn't throw out any of that material because, you know, you are going to school to learn things that might help you at some point in the future. So if you the, the uh, throwing out is, access, the throwing out is very minimal. OK, yeah. And 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 please, if if uh, if you're trying to dispose of paper material please recycle yes thank you thank you for that we are we are an eco-friendly podcast i uh, how, how i've been running the damn ball so uh i just signed a lease on a new apartment which is not how i've been running the damn ball because that's more than like a run worthy event that's more like a 50 yard uh past completion event but how i was able to run the damn ball in this situation was i was able to negotiate uh, a rent price that was $50 lower than what was originally asked for. 
and you know, look, like no one's no one's celebrating a fifty dollar rent reduction um, over the list price, but you know, it's enough to it's enough to keep the chains rolling and get you a little bit excited about uh, what could be on <laughs> on this drive. Um, and so, you know, uh, again, it's not like you're hitting home run or throwing that uh, glorious long TD pass, but it's enough to get you a first down and keep rolling. So that's how I've been running the damn ball. That's great. We love to, we love to see that. We love to see everyone making solid financial decisions too. Yes, that too. Um, so uh, on from our incredibly boring lives and onto the exciting uh, portion of the podcast. So I think what we'll do here is we'll start off in the Eastern Conference and then move to the West uh, after the Supon segment, which we know you're all excited for. So, okay, just kind of focusing in on the East. Um, minimal drama in the play-in tournament. The field is set kind of as originally seeded. Um, and so I, I think maybe first we'll start off just looking like broadly at the landscape in the East, um, at least compared to like what you were expecting in at the beginning of the season has, have your like, have your predictions of who you think is going to come out of the East, like changed, um, at all based on how, what transpired in the regular season? Um, so I, it's, that's an interesting question because, when you look at when you look at the Eastern Conference, like you're basically seeing Philly, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and then the field, um, kind of. And I don't I don't think that's really different than what we were expecting at the beginning of the season. Um, obviously, the Nets brought in James Harden, and but they haven't like. But, and we and we kind of talked about this at the beginning of the season, where it was like, all right, like how healthy is everyone actually going to be with not only just your normal wear and tear, but the, the super compressed schedule, like it seems like more guys are getting hurt, although I think I say that every year, so that might just be a, a, my perception thing. Um, and then the Nets, have, the, with with Kyrie, KD, and, and Harden all healthy, the Nets have only played like 10 games, right? It's something like that? They, they played eight games eight. together, the three yeah. of them. Yeah. So it, that's kind of going to be a potential limiting factor, I think, in, in you know what actually happens out of the East. But I'd say... I'd say with the exception of like the four five series, all the other teams that are in the playoffs are basically what we expected. Maybe you know Boston obviously is is worse than than maybe we thought coming into the season. Losing Jalen Brown for the season basically assures that they're going to be finished off easily by the Nets. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, and and maybe maybe Miami's not seated as high as we would have thought. But again, they had a lot of injuries, and that's that's kind of the story of their season, the story of everyone's season. So. I, I guess this is a really roundabout way of saying that, like, I don't think so. I mean, maybe, like, Philly's probably been better than expected, personally. Um, and maybe, you know, Milwaukee's been a little worse. But I think I, I still, like, it's going to be really hard for anybody not named Brooklyn to get out of the out of the East, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, and, and you know, we, we hit on this every year when it comes playoff time. But it, I think in the East... And maybe this is more so the case than in like past years in the West when like Golden State was running through everyone. But like, so in the East, like it, those three teams are going to, well, I guess I shouldn't even say that. Brooklyn and Philly are going to run through their first round series. We talked about, we talked about the Heat, I think, last time and how they are, like that Heat Milwaukee series, I think, will be a, a good series that could conceivably go seven games. But like, when 
things tighten up, at least like for Brooklyn and Philly, and you get into that second round, like Brooklyn's not like they're. I think everyone would agree that they're like the most talented team out there, but I don't think they're like running over anyone after that. Like they're gonna have to play. They're they're gonna have to like execute, and like they can't just roll out there with the talent they have. And well, because like Philly could ambush them, Miami could ambush them, Milwaukee could ambush was, them. Yeah, and I think that's the thing that like. I would worry about about just saying, oh yeah, it's going to be Brooklyn because, um, you know, like Milwaukee cohesive team, like Philly kind of cohesive team, like Miami, like you know, like Brooklyn hasn't, as you said, and I don't think the reason that they were, if they lose the series, it's not going to be because they haven't like played enough games together, but it's going to be because they like don't execute, um, and that's the thing I'd worry about with them more than anything else. Yeah, and I think I think, and we, we've we've harped on this. I feel like throughout the season, but like you got to play defense in the playoffs, and you know they'll be able to be whatever Boston without Jalen Brown, like whatever that they're going to be fine there, just outscoring them. But like, yeah, I mean, what are they going to? How are they going to play Giannis? Like, I I don't know. Are they going to? They'll stick KD on him, I guess. But like, do you really want that? Like, yeah. So yeah, no, I, I and and yeah, maybe maybe I, I probably should, I probably came out a little too hot in support of Brooklyn at the, the you know a minute or so ago, but yeah, I think you know because I I don't see Phil I th- I think Philly should be able to make the conference finals relatively easily. I mean New York could like the Knicks could give them some issues if they get right, out. Well, actually, yeah. actually, can we can we stop on that for a second now that we're yes. here because I think like the NBA playoffs have like a way of surprising you even though like. I would say of like the major sports leagues, generally like the NBA playoffs are the most predictable yeah. of any like of playoffs in all the major sports leagues. Um, and, and I think that's just because basketball is like inherent. Like there's there's a smaller number of people on the court, and like the talent like talent differential usually yeah. like wins out. Um, but I am fascinated by like this Knicks Hawks pairing because like I actually like. One thing that people aren't talking about, and it really could be any of these teams, like the Hawks, you know, the Hawks kind of were blazing into the end of the season and no one's like really talking about it. You know, how the coaching change like really helped them. And like that's that like a Hawks Philly upset in the second round is like the surprise that I could see coming in a way that like Miami surprised us against Milwaukee last year. Yeah, no, that's that's and it's an interesting point. And actually, I think if you when when uh, the line like the betting lines opened for this series, actually, the Hawks were a slight a slight Vegas favorite. So that's kind of how what the perception is, at least, is that, you know, they could. But yeah, I mean, you, it, it is really interesting that for how much people talked about Trey Young and, and kind of the Hawks for the first for his first couple of years in the league, they've really flown under the radar basically this entire season. Um Probably from from a, from a national perspective, as someone that does not live in the greater Atlanta area, um, which is which is interesting, um, given like because you know, I guess outside of Trey Young, like there's not a ton of like star star power there, but it's still a, you know a big market um, sort of deal. But yeah, I think it's that's going to be a really really interesting matchup. I think because it's like two teams that play vastly different styles of basketball and each have each have their their definite definite strengths and so i think i think you know stylistically we'll, we'll kind of see i know nate mcmillan does not have the uh reputation of being a, a play a successful playoffs coach but i mean 
it's a whole different it's a whole different scenario than than what they had in Indiana. Yeah, and I think you know the I don't know. I guess with you just like wonder. I feel like the East has almost like had over the last decade they have a reputation of like getting the one seed doesn't like actually like matter. I, like I'd be actually curious to see like how many one seeds have actually like made the conference finals on the East over the last ten years because you know like Miami would kind of and and Cleveland on those LeBron teams would kind of you know not not go balls to the wall the entire regular season and so it ends up like you always end up with like a team in the one seed that's not as talented as like a team in lower tier which is kind of the same thing we have this year um but like look like philly like for all that like i feel like that team has just had so much like tumult over the like Embiid and simmons era and like now they finally like you know put it together and they look like they're a real contender but they're gonna have to, and and they kind of have the they have the best route like to the Eastern Conference Finals too. So you know, let's see if they can go out and do it now. And who knows, you know, maybe you catch a break and like you get Miami or Milwaukee instead of Brooklyn. You know, if someone ambushes them, and and this could be the year that we see Philly in the in the in the NBA Finals. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I really think like any of there are you know. And I don't, I don't think the Celtics or the Wizards will be there, but like otherwise, it's pretty much an open, an open field uh, in the East, which is exciting because we haven't had that many good teams in the East. I feel like in in quite a while. Um, but yeah, it's 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 also I feel like this one is going to be so matchup and game plan have, like dependent, right? Like because at a certain point, all these teams are you know the the, the Bucks, the Nets, the the Sixers, they're all really talented. They all have a lot of, and they're all they all run. Um, Actually, no, I forget forget that part, that second part. But yeah, they're they're all very talented, and it's it's really going to see like who can actually put the the best game plan together, and that's where I think like Philly having Doc Rivers is going to be interesting, and the inexperience of Steve Nash, but with a very deep assistant coaching staff, is going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, and well, and then I think like you know you other guys you pay attention to who are probably like pluses from a coaching standpoint. I mean, Tibbs and yeah. Spolstra, you know, you just wonder, like, I, I don't know. I, I wonder like how much, um, like, uh, I don't know what the word is, but whether it's like regret or just like, um, you know, like how how much how traumatized are the Bucks from their egg that they absolutely laid last year against the Heat? Um, and can like Spolstra and, and like look, I know there were like a lot of like kind of extenuating circumstances. You know, Giannis wasn't totally healthy. They have Drew Holiday, which like makes a huge difference. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, and like Miami's like constructed like slightly differently this year. Um, but I mean. Budenholzer, you know, has kind of now it's two years in a row where he's he's kind of flopped when it's mattered the most and flopped like at in magnanimous ways when it comes to like time for Milwaukee to show up in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, he he had like maybe he'll get his chance against Brooklyn and he'll get kind of uh, an opportunity at redemption. But like, look, Budenholzer is kind of turning into a, a coach that's not good enough uh, to get you pe- over the hump uh, when it comes to playoff time. And this year is kind of big for debunking that with their team kind of operating on full, you know, all cylinders now. Yeah. I was going to say, I think, I mean, if they don't make the conference finals, he's gone, I would say like 
undoubtedly. And that might even hold if they don't make the finals. Just based on, you know, outside like the outside expectations that this franchise has at this point and all the work they did, like shoring up their su- supporting cast, so to speak. Um, not that Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is a supporting cast player, but like, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I mean, they, they, they put in the work to keep Giannis there long term. They did that. And this is kind of one of the years they have before everything kind of goes to hell salary cap wise. So. Because you're gonna, you're gonna. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're, we can talk about the, the Bucks' future later, but like, yeah, you kind of, they have to at least make significant strides this year. They can't lose to, they definitely can't lose to Miami, and they probably, I mean, Brooklyn might be a whole different thing, but you know, I think if they if they really look terrible against the Nets, I think he's gone for sure. All right. So as far as like, if you had to go out on a limb, not. Um... Not you don't need an official prediction for who comes out of the East yet because I'm sure we'll be on before that. But if you had to yeah. give me like your conference finals pairing, who would it be in the East? Um, Philly for sure out of the top half of the bracket, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with I'm gonna stay with Brooklyn, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I I think Philly Brooklyn uh, would be my pick. I think so. I don't think Miami can beat Milwaukee. I don't again. think so either. Um, but I, I do think that series could go seven games. Yeah, I mean, we also it, it went to overtime yesterday. Like that's, you know, that's that's it, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a like gritty like physical series. And I mean, I mean, I know pretty much everyone struggled with their shot except for Chris Middleton yesterday, but. Yeah, I mean, there's it's going to be a, a hard fought series, and I, I definitely expect Miami to get at least two off of off of Milwaukee. And I actually think because of that, that carries over, and Brooklyn's got more firepower to take Milwaukee down. Um, you know, they'll get they'll get pushed in a couple of games, but um, it's probably Brooklyn and six in that series. Uh, and then I, I agree. I think we end up with Philly Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, any last comments or points of discussion? No, I think uh, I think we yeah. pretty much covered it. I, I'm I'm excited. There's not really like even even Washington was pushing Philly today, so I, I really think there's only like the Brooklyn Boston series is going to kind of be not entertaining um, from a like competitive standpoint. So I think I think we have three really really solid series, uh, and I'm excited. I'm excited for those. Yeah, and he, who knows? We may get a. Uh, we may get a like a fifty point game or two out of Tatum. Maybe he goes for sixty one. I was gonna say I, I I would be willing to bet that Tatum will score a lot of points against this against the Nets. Shocking. Brett willing to bet on anything is no surprise to those that know him. Yeah. Uh, all right. We now move to the centerpiece of our podcast where we honor um, our our savior, our patron saint, our hero, and our uh, most average uh, human known to the planet, Jeff Subban, um, where we'll uh, go through and talk about what is average in uh, our lives this week, this month, um, or even potentially this year. Uh, maybe, Brett, since you went first for the last segment, I'll go ahead and go first uh, for this one. Go for um, it. And this one, this one's actually very basketball relevant. Um, 
which is, I guess, unique for this segment. Uh, but so I was watching the uh, casually, of course, but I was casually watching the uh, the Nuggets Trailblazers game last night, um, and <laughs> so Cassie Hubbard was the uh, sideline reporter for the game, okay. and she's she's doing the uh, like she's she's doing I forget if it was I think it was the third quarter like the the third quarter interview where she's interviewing uh, the Nuggets head coach, and she introduces the interview by saying. Um, like, hello everyone. I'm here with Nuggets head coach Mike Malone, and before she even asks the question, Mike Malone, <laughs> Mike Malone butts in and he says, "No, no, this is Michael, Michael Malone." <laughs> and uh, and so Cassie apologizes and then continues on with the interview. And I'm just thinking, like, okay, uh, like first of all, if if that like. If you're if you're sitting there and you're Michael Malone and you're like offended by that um, so much that you have to like on national TV correct it like you know there's there's got to be something else there right like that's not just like something that you like do just to be an intentional asshole for but okay come on Mike and Michael like first of all you're talking about like the most average name that exists there and like a nickname that's potentially harmless like there has to be something else behind that that um, he's, like, personally traumatized by association with the nickname Mike. But I thought there could be nothing more average than pointing out a distinction between, no, my name's not Mike, it's Michael. That's fu- that's really funny. Um, it, that is that is extremely average. Also, um, per the Social Security government website, uh, there are there were four, over 4 million babies born with the name Michael in between 1921 and 2020. Uh, good enough for fourth fourth place so yeah i would i would agree with you um, and how many of them were nicknamed mike That's i don't the... know but it is it is actually kind of funny because i remember that you um he went he, he went he was definitely mike malone when he was coaching the kings and then when he resurfaced in denver i think he was going by michael which is weird they're so. just trying to trying to get the stink of the kings off of him I by mean, uh, rebranding himself but um I don't know. I just I watched that and I thought not was, only are you being like an asshole, this is like the most average thing I've ever most that, average like clarification you can ever make in any situation ever. I agree. And also, um, I know this is not how you actually spell your name, but Steven with a PH is the thirty sixth most popular. So it was almost thirty seventh, which would have been cause for celebration. <laughs> uh Brett is not on this list. Oh, uh, it's only it's the top one hundred and it's based on social security card applications. So okay, maybe, you know, we'll see. That is, I, I do agree. That is, that is incredibly average. That's a good, that's a good catch on your part. Brett's a, Brett's a relatively modern name. So, you know, yeah. you check, check back in like 40 years and maybe you'll crack after, the top 100. After, after our podcast makes it big and everyone names their children after us, Brett and Steve with a V. We'll... But they named their children Jeff, not Brett. Oh, that's true. Oh, you're right. Okay. Oh, I forgot to check where Jeff was. Old place. Jeffrey uh, was 29th. Thank, thank. God, honestly. if Jeff if Jeffrey was thirty seventh, that would have been real cause for celebration. I would have, I would have had to you know make a cake or something. I don't know. Um, all right, so I don't know where I came across this piece of information. I think it was Twitter to some degree, um, because it concerns English League One football. So that's the third division of of English professional soccer, uh, and there's a team there called Plymouth Argyle FC. 
I know basically nothing about them, and I again have no clue where I picked this up. Um, but they're you know like in 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 England especially like stadiums are not usually named like after corporate sponsors, which is uh, kind of nice. Um, but their their home their home field their home turf is called Home Park, and <laughs> I love that so much. It made me so happy. Uh, In case there was any confusion about which park you're going to. Right. Yeah. Home park. That's where they play. It's great. It's it's so great. They've played there since 1901. It's it's just, you know, it tells you exactly what it is and exactly what you're going to get. And I love I love that for I love that for for Plymouth Argyle FC. So I think we we will eventually have to make a, a trip out to Plymouth to go see a game at home park. I guess just the question is, are they the only uh, are they the only team whose park is named Home Park? Um, there is a disambiguation page. There are three entries. Uh, Home Park is a neighborhood in Atlanta. Uh, some other place in it's like a, a Parkland in somewhere in Britain. And then there's Hampton Court Park in London. So, no, it does not appear that any other sports, at least on Wikipedia, sports teams use something called Home Park as their uh, field. Except uh, there are other, like, I think the rugby team plays it at Home Park also. But, yeah. Because it could be a source of confusion, like, if multiple teams have their (laughs) field called Home Park. You got to know, like, which team you're going to see, or else you might go to the wrong Home Park. This is true. All right, well, we'll let you guys know when we make our trip there because we'll definitely be doing a podcast live from there. Yes, even if it's not, even if there's no game there. We'll just sit outside. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, that, I mean, I didn't think we'd do it during it. You came out and talked, we'd just show up there and hang out in the bleachers and just do it there and hope yeah. no one has. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Maybe Jeff will come with us. <laughs> Jeff Supon came with us to a third division soccer game. I think I would just, like, I'd be able to die a happy man. On another continent, nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, we know you're listening. Get in touch. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we'll now move on to the much-anticipated Western Conference uh, playoff preview section of the show today. So, you know, I know we talked about how kind of open we felt like the field was in the East. Uh, And by open, you know, this time it's really just there's more than like one or two contenders. Um, but the West, good Lord, um, everything's messed up. Standings are upside down. The seeds are upside down. I honestly don't know that I could, I could reasonably make a prediction without like any sort of uncertainty in the, uh, in the West this year, just because of how out of whack things are. Um, great playing, great playing games on the West. Uh, I mean, yeah, and it's going to be very interesting because I agree with you. Those were those games were super entertaining. Congrats to Memphis for for making it through. Congrats to the Lakers. Um, it's going to be very odd when you because even though like I mean the games were what it was what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were were the were the playing games. So it's going to be very interesting when they look at the year over year numbers, assuming that like the Lakers and Warriors don't play again because that was like must that was must watch TV, especially for like the middle of the week. And that's to take nothing away from, well, actually, everything should be taken away from those Eastern Conference games. Those were all garbage. But, like, you, you know, the, the, Spurs, the Spurs and Memphis played an entertaining game. The Memphis 
Warriors game was great, but that Lakers Warriors game had so many viewers that it's basically going to be impossible to replicate that measure of success next year. So I'm interested to see what the spin is like when the numbers are inevitably worse next year. But yeah, anyways. I mean, I think that's, you know, that that happened, like people always have trouble interpreting ratings changes over yeah. different periods, but not factoring in things like that. Um, so no, I think that's a fair point. Uh, but regardless, uh, that that Lakers Warriors game felt like kind of game seven, you yeah. know, of a playoff series material. Yeah. So that was an awesome treat. Um, but I think that, you know, think about the consequences of it though. I mean, like, you know, look, just quick hitting the four series that we have on our hands. I mean, you know, Jazz Grizzlies is maybe the one that is probably the least close. Uh, but like, you still can't like. No one knows if Donovan Mitchell's healthy and like Morant might actually be the scariest player like individually on any of those two teams that Seriously, like, yeah. you know, it, uh, I don't, I don't think that's like a, you know, I like that's probably going to be a closer series than people think like Phoenix and out Phoenix and the Lakers, like who knows Denver, Portland, like who knows and the Clippers and the Mavs, like who knows, like we're going to have like, we're going to have four really good series on our hand, I think, whichever way you slice it in the West. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, like, like you said, Utah-Memphis, like, kind of could be kind of whatever if Morant doesn't keep his incredibly high level of play going. Um, and, like, I mean, the Grizzlies did just kind of play two games. They're, they're in their third city in five days, basically. So that's something to be factored in. But, yeah, besides that, I mean, that, that Clippers-Dallas game last night, was just an example, like literally, and, and same with Denver, Portland, like these are all really good teams and I, it's almost impossible. And I think, I think, I think the biggest way to underscore that is the fact that like the Lakers are such heavy favorites for the series over the Suns, which is, well, yeah. And maybe let's, yeah. let's start there because yeah. I guess, is that, is that justified? Because I think what the Suns, like, I, I guess I wonder, like, where the Lakers actually have the advantage there. And I think it's clear they have the advantage, like, uh, on the inside, uh, just with, with, you know, Davis and LeBron, you know. And, like, when when they have the ball, they're probably at an advantage. But, like, Phoenix has a lot of firepower on offense. Like, I just – I don't see – like, I see this as a coin flip series uh, at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I, I'm a lean towards the Lakers because anytime you have LeBron and AD and no real way of stopping them, I think that's hard. But I think we've also seen, at least in the play in at least the Warriors game, like Steve Kerr game planned AD very, very well. And had the Warriors not really just not just like given the ball away the entire third quarter, they probably win that game. And so that that's where their execution was was lacking. But I think. Yeah, you know, I think I think teams are kind of starting to figure out. Um, I mean, you can't you can't game plan for LeBron like that's basically impossible. You can kind of do it with AD to a degree if you just keep making him shoot jumpers. And I mean, it is it is currently halftime in Game One. Um, the Lakers are down by eight, and Davis is three for nine, but he's only he's only taken one three. So I have not I have not seen much of that in much or any of that game. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what you do. You have to just work on making them like move AD around so much and hope that I guess the rest of their guys just miss their shots. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can get into like, are the Lakers actually better or worse than, you know, 
last year just given like the role players that they have and and yada yada yeah. but like i think at the end of the day too we don't know how healthy lebron is That's um, awesome. and like look in in crunch time you know maybe it doesn't matter because he's still lebron but I, I, so i think that'd be like an argument for why like it'll be closer than people expect but I do also, like, I'm a firm believer in that, like, pedigree matters, especially, like, in the playoffs. And the Suns don't really have any of it um, right. other than other than what Chris Paul brings to the table. Um, and so, you know, this will be Booker's first series when his production's going to get, you know, meticulously, uh, you, you know, me- meticulously evaluated. And, you know, like, similarly, this is, like Aiton's a player that can kind of disappear at times, you know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. want him disappearing at an important time, especially on the defensive end. Um, but like, look, the Suns, the Suns can attack you in a lot of different ways. And like, they're the two seed for a reason. And I think, I know we've talked about like how some teams overachieve in the regular season, like Denver being one of them. I don't think this is like a fluky two seed though. Like the Suns, no. they, they play okay. like, yeah, like th- there's not some like weird advantage that they have, kind of like Denver's with the, with the, um, with their depth or like their home court advantage. You know, like Phoenix like earned this as much as you possibly can, and I think they have the they have the it factor that when things come down to crunch time, like they're not gonna just waddle and and you know bend over for LeBron, uh, like maybe even some other teams would. Yeah, and it's so it's, it's also interesting because I think. Like, the Lakers have a huge size advantage, and Phoenix has gone out of their way to play pretty small for most of the entire season. You've got Jay Crowder starting at the four. Aiton and Sarich are kind of the two big guys that get work, and I wouldn't really call Sarich a big guy um, from, like, a like a physicality standpoint. Um, so it's going to be interesting because the Lakers, I mean, I, so if you look at, like, Drummond and Harrell, I think, are really going to kind of be, you know, X-Factors is such a stupid term as we've kind of discussed but like they're going to be the guys on whom like if la really wants to take care of this early they're gonna have to play really well drummond was pretty much lost during that warriors game um harrell played pretty well and he's 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 had a a pretty solid season overall so i think looking at how they use their size to kind of negate phoenix's like small smaller lineups is going to be going to be an interesting kind of thing to watch yeah i I think and i yeah, like I mean, this this series comes down to like, do the Lakers take advantage of their size advantage or not? Right. Um, and like, I even even if like every game's close, like I have a hard time believing they win the series if they don't. Um, uh, and so, yeah, you know, see how that plays out there. But I think you know, zooming out even a little bit, the thing that's interesting about this series is like whoever wins it, I think, really has a fast track, honestly, to the to the finals because. Like you look at that Denver Portland series, and like what Port, uh, I'm sorry, Denver's not, you know, like with once they lost Murray, any aspiration they had of winning it all this went away. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know they're a team that's kind of limping a little bit, um, and kind of running into a hot Portland team, um, which you saw in Game One. Uh, but I think this is a series that's very winnable for Portland. Um, but even if it, even if Denver were to win, I I would give the advantage to whoever wins the Suns Lakers okay. series to to come out of that quadrant. Yeah, I agree. I think both of those, like Phoenix and Denver, will offer no resistance defensively, and uh, Phoenix and, and the Lakers both play both play good defense, and I think that's where that the the uh, difference in that series will lie. 
And so I think the thing that gets interesting then is like you look at Dallas and the Clippers, where the Clippers kind of slept walk through like a portion of the season to start with, but they're at full health, I think, you know, for, for better or worse. Um, and then meanwhile, Dallas, I, I guess I'd say they overachieved probably um, on a team that really like actually doesn't look that much different than than their team last year. Right. Uh, but kind of like riding Luca and um, and, you know, just playing cohesively as a unit. Um, you know, I, I think this this Mavs Clippers like like kind of turning into a playoff rivalry with what started last year. I think that'd be a really good series, too. But like what I'm like, just I'm envisioning the prospect of a Western Conference semis where it's Dallas, Utah, and then Phoenix, Portland, and like that. Like, what do you think? Like Adam Silver, I'm sure would trade the play-in series to like have the other four yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. teams. And I mean, those, right? I don't know. Like, I feel like once you get to the conference semis, like people are gonna watch the playoffs, right? Like, I don't think. I don't think your average your average person that was going to watch LeBron play Jokic, like I think they're still going to watch a Phoenix Portland series. I don't think they will. I mean, I don't know. I'm, but the I'm, thing, thing that works though is that those teams all have like must watch talent. Like that's what I was, Dave draws right. people. Yeah, right. It's it's not it's not like. It, it's not like the Hornets making the conference semifinals. Shout, sorry to sorry to uh, Riley for, for that one. But well, yeah, like, like I mean, if the Hawks made the like, let's say the Hawks made it, through, like that'd be a ratings debacle. If it were Hawks Heat or something like that, like that yeah, Hawks be Heat would be. I mean, I again, I, I I am a firm believer in like people that are gonna want to watch basketball are gonna watch basketball. I think that's like that's so reasonable, Brett. <laughs> Yeah, that's 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 what I'm known for, apparently. Um, but yeah, I, I I really think like I think the, the ratings are more of an issue when it comes like for regular season stuff. Like I I, I think like at a, at a certain point, like people are gonna want want to watch playoff basketball with stakes. Well, I think to that point too, like the quality of play is just vastly improved. It's and yeah. you know even if you watch like the first day of the playoffs or even just the play in like yeah. Like it's it's not the same. Just like no right. defense. Like you know, no, it's, yeah. it's playoff time. Like guys are here and they're ready. Except except the Pacers on on Thursday. That was embarrassing. Or Friday, whenever that was. I don't know. That game was terrible. Um, but yeah, no. Um, but yeah. So it's it's yeah. No, I I, I agree. There, there's so much like individual talent across these playoff teams, and I, I you know. I think I think we're in for a lot of very good series, but yeah, I think the top the top quadrant of of the West just to, just to get my my points in for a sec. Um, y- yeah, it's I mean Clippers Dallas like literally anything could happen, and I really wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean we've seen what happens with the Clippers when they start out slow, and that and especially against a team that can put up points like Dallas can. Like you have to you can't start out out of the gate slow. Um, and I mean you know. I wouldn't say that George or, or Kawhi really had great games yesterday, but I don't think they were terrible. So you you need the rest of that team to really lock in defensively, especially against this Dallas team, and 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 then make plays on the offense. Okay, I just described winning a basketball game, I guess, but like you really need to make sure that like, but you you know I'm saying I'm saying like like Pat Pat Beverly needs to start making plays. Like they 
we've seen that Kawhi, they need a little bit more help than Kawhi and, and PG. And I think that's bearing itself out against this Dallas team that can score so many points. So, yeah. And then, yeah, Utah-Memphis, I think. I think, you know, Memphis will put up a fight. They're 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 a, a gritty, like, physical team. Um, I don't know if they have the, the talent to do it, but they've been playing pretty well recently. So I'm, I'm excited to at least see them, see what they can do in a playoff setting. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know if, if we're, if we're, if we're, if we're going to talk early picks right now, I guess I'll do like Clippers, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, eh. Clippers, Lakers. Sure. Clippers, Lakers. Interesting. Okay. I'm going, I'm going Utah and Portland. Um, I, okay. Love it. I, I know, I, I think the big question mark with Utah because again, like it's just so funny. Like they're the one seed. They were clearly yeah. like the best team in and no one the entire NBA. Like, no one thinks they have a yeah, chance. Yeah, and it's just like, all right, you know, um, this is like when it's it's like when everyone picks Gonzaga to lose early, but like they just they just win. Like, yeah. you know, I I, I think like the, oh, sorry, go for it. Well, I guess was, the question is Donovan Mitchell. Right. right? That's that's what I was gonna say. If Mitchell's healthy, then I I have Utah in that in that conference final slot. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think just, this is a different Portland team. Uh, and I know like they kind of had a choppy regular season. You know, McCollum was injured for a little bit and like they were really good in close games at the beginning of the season and then kind of regressed to the mean. Um, but, you know, Norman Powell and Covington, you know, give them a different, like, defensive energy uh, on that side of the ball, that position, which they haven't, like, really had the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, like, uh, they were kind of, they kind of ran into, like, the wrong matchup against that Lakers team last year. But, like, it, we're only two years removed from this team making the conference finals. Um, I think they're of the caliber where they can easily get back there. And, um, you know, they have the right matchup now, at least with Denver in the first round. Uh, and if they're hot at the right time, I don't know. Like, yeah, if they get the Lakers again, that might be tough. But we're all waiting for the kind of – we're all waiting for Dame to, you know, like have his year where, you know, like he – finally like gets over the hump and i actually think this could be it yeah i mean it now that you mention it especially if they do if they draw phoenix in in round two like that's a winnable matchup for portland like you know the suns are good but they're not they're not invincible and you know anytime you have just the offensive talent i mean you know the, the problem is going to be and the, the blazers still like they've done a little bit to address their defensive needs like they you know robert covington's been had a good defensive year but like there's still a lot of question marks to be generous um, on that side of the ball for Portland. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they match up with, with, you know, Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker and those, and those guys, but you know, you've got a counter for Aiton and Nurkic and it's, you know, these are, you, if you get some help, if, if Covington can have a good season or a good series, then I, it's definitely possible. I don't know that they beat the Lakers, but I think the Suns are a higher probability. Which also goes back into us talking about how all of these teams are really good and neither of us are giving them a chance. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I mean, I think if anything, the West is just an absolute mess right now. And yeah. so it'll be fun to see who comes out of that. Yeah. Um, all right. On to 
fire that guy. Brett, who are you firing? Okay, so I was watching like watching the game yesterday, uh, the, the Bucks Heat game specifically, and I want to fire whoever decided to dress the Heat like the Pacers. Um, so for those that are not uh, aware, the because the, 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 the Heat made the playoffs last year, so they got the earned jerseys. Uh, which is like the extra color jersey for the um, uh, like teams that made the playoffs, and theirs is just like yellow is like the gold that like the exact gold that the Pacers like yellow is, and it's so confusing because um, it's just like I get incorporating different color schemes, but like I don't, I mean, make it like the Heat have so many like interesting schemes, like you know, all the neon stuff, all the all even even like how they accent most of their normal jerseys now with the new color scheme with, with yellow, like those are cool. It's just like, you got to stop making me think I'm watching the Pacers when I'm watching the heat. That's, that's it. It was so annoying every time. Um, so yeah, firing that person. That was, uh, that was impassioned. Um, I mean, I know you're a big Jersey, you're, you're a big Jersey guru, but, uh, yeah, I do agree with you. It was, uh, it was a little bit off putting, but I don't know that it's enough for, in my opinion, to cost them on their job, but, Different, different strokes for different folks. Yep. Uh, all right, I'm gonna fire. I'm gonna fire Alex Rodriguez <laughs> uh, because apparently Alex Rodriguez is starting a uh, men's makeup brand of products, um, which is just, just interesting, you know. And I guess not that I'm against men's makeup in. Um, uh, like from a global sense, but like Alex Rodriguez's media reputation has really like gone on a roller coaster over these last couple of years. Like first he was abhorrent, then he kind of made a comeback and now he's doing things like this. And it just, you know, like, okay, I know that all media personalities kind of have these multifaceted like business things that they pursue all the time. But like, (laughs) do you want to be known as like a baseball announcer or do you want to be known as like an entrepreneur? You know, I don't know. Uh, I feel like at every step of the way, he's just trying to compete with Derek Jeter and it's like not really working, but um, I don't know. It would make a lot more, the, the whole thing with uh, JLo would make a lot more sense if this was a integral piece in it, at least in my head. Um, so yeah, I'll leave you all with that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's, that's pretty reasonable. I, I yeah, there's, Definitely a lot going on there. Um, but I hope that Anthony Edwards gets his wish and they get back together just for Anthony Edwards' sake. Yeah, that's true. We are big Anthony Edwards fans. Here. We are. Um, well, anyway, that's that's all we've got for you guys today. We'll be back with you again at some point uh, At some point later in the playoffs. Uh, we got an exciting slate of first-round games um, ahead. want to thank you all for tuning in, um, as always. And before we leave you, Brett will give the marketing pitch that we didn't get a chance to give it any other point in the show um yeah so if uh if you uh guys like what what you're hearing throw us a five-star review on itunes that would be great uh send us an email at two years away pod at gmail.com uh find us on twitter at two underscore years underscore away and actually keep an eye on that we've got we've got a, a pretty big announcement coming up in the relative near future um so keep keep your eyes peeled for that um if you didn't like what you heard uh you can write a letter and use the pony express to send it to steve um, either, either the regular Pony Express or the, uh, Eric Dickerson led running back or Eric, Eric Dickerson led offensive, the SMU Mustangs. So, uh, yeah, do one of those things and, uh, thanks for listening. And just, 
just as a clarification, I only answer fan mail on Tuesdays and Fridays. So, um, you know, expect a response probably one to two days after those days of the week. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll, uh, we'll see you later.